We received tons of questions about how to donate. But, true to our mission, we only accept equipment and supplies. If you still want to contribute, but don't have equipment, you can shop our exclusive Little Wins merchandise. Proceeds from your purchase go right back into our website, making it better for you. And you get to wear some fun Little Wins gear. Shop Little Wins directly on our website at littlewins.com. All right, I'm on. Let's do it. Let's do it. Hi, Sarah. Hey, what's going on? Thank you so much for joining me on this Sunday morning. You are so welcome. You're the best. Um, you are a speech pathologist. Is it I, speech and language pathologist? Yes, the full term is speech language pathologist. But honestly, I call myself a speech therapist. It's just easier. Yeah. But <laughs> not such a mouthful. Yeah, no fun yeah. intended. Exactly. Yeah, that was a good one. Thank you. Yeah, I'm funny. I'm real funny on Sundays. Um, just silly, more like it. Uh, you've been tremendously helpful for my daughter, Ava. Well, thank you. How she's, many years? She's, um, so I've known you guys since 2015, but I didn't start working with her till it was right before Billy was born. born. See, that's why I think I couldn't remember exactly because you black out as a mom, like a little bit. <laughs> of course. Yeah, it was like right then and I was at the daycare seeing another kid and then I just ran into you and yeah. you were about to give birth to Billy. So that was the end of 2017, right? Yeah. Yeah. Cause she's old now. She's three and a half. Oh, she's three and a half going on 13. Yes. Yeah. She's I um, I, at that time I was remembering back. I was really having a moment with Ava and her frustration with her physical limitations and starting to compare herself to her twin sister. And mm -hmm. I said to you, I need to help her, help me help her right. verbalize that frustration. Right. Yeah. She's still working on that, but she's getting there. <laughs> she is, but she's getting there and she's doing it. She does some awesome things lately. Like the other day she said, I'm just feeling very angry and mm -hmm. I don't I, know why. Oh, I love that. I she was did really nice the other day with like, you know, with a little um, structure with the visual timer to be like, okay, like, I know you're frustrated and we're going to, you know, here's the job. You're going to do this for this long and then you can do what you want to do. So that was very helpful for her too, which was That's nice. Awesome. You know, come a long way. Yes. First. Oh yeah. She has. First we're going to work and then we'll do what you want to do. Right. And that like being able to say, cause it was funny. She was like, I said, what do you need to tell Sophie? And she said, I need to tell her I'm sorry. And I said, for what? And she was able to verbalize, right? For yelling. I said, okay, you can tell her you're sorry for yelling. And she was able to tell her. And then we moved on. That's huge. Great. It's she awesome. And that's why I, I, another reason why I wanted to have this chat with you because I'm mean, communication. It's just so important in every single way from you know, each individual to any form of life, right? But also parent to child and giving them the tools to communicate whatever their ability is. And the more I've learned about what you do, but I'm going to let you explain what you do. It's, it's fascinating all the many different ways you can help a child or an individual communicate what it is that they need. And I definitely want to touch on that, but let's right. pretend that no one knows what you do. Okay. 
So one of the, one of the, I would say like, just to make it broad. Um, so I didn't know when I went to grad school, I had no idea what I was doing. And I was like, I'm going to help kids say there are sound. And that was it. Like, that was what I thought I was doing. And there are, I believe nine different areas. So there's speech, right? Which is what most of us think of like articulation, SRB, any sound you're having trouble with or speaking more clearly. There's language. You have the kids who have trouble understanding. So that's it's language comprehension. And then there's language expression, right? We're not using our language, um, using the correct grammar or just using language appropriately. There's social language, which is your social skills and how you interact, use your language to interact with other people. And then you have things that are more, oh, they're stuttering. Um, and then you have things that are more for other populations, right? So if you work in a hospital with somebody who's had a stroke, you can work on, um, it's called dysphagia, which is they have trouble swallowing. So you can work on swallowing skills with them. You have the people at the old, you know, who have Alzheimer's, um, the older people, and you can work with them on cognitive skills. So I don't, they don't, they have trouble remembering. So how can we help them get past that, right? We're not, we may be able to improve their memory a little, but let's also work on like using strategies to help them figure things out. Um, and then I'm sure I'm missing some, I think there was nine areas, but yeah. So my main, what I do mainly is I work a lot with the kids from birth until I just, I think the oldest I've ever done is 16. Um, and my, my thing is really what I like to do the most is working on the language. So if you have the little ones who are not speaking and they're two and a half years old, um, I think we forget that you should be speaking when you're two and a half years old. You should be speaking a lot when you're two, two and a half years old. Um, so that's kind of my favorite is doing those and then doing some of the, what I like to call executive functioning skills. And this is kind of where um, working on impulsivity, focusing, attention, being able to follow a task and complete it, being able to be flexible in your thinking. So I've kind of done all of that. Um, yeah. So. It's really, it's all about communication. You can also do, I missed a big one. Um, you and I had talked about like AAC, which is augmentative alternative communication. Yes. And I think a lot of parents are not happy with this idea, but it's a really cool thing. You have these kids who it, it's basically some kind of alternative or augmentative is, you know, it's going to help you in addition to speaking. So it could be pictures, could be sign language. Mm -hmm. You could have a really, I have some um, examples on my, I've had a really cool, almost, you know, speaking devices, right? They have pictures and you hit the button and it says the word. Um, right. So I have some kids that use this because they don't have language yet. And the research is showing that it, it, it helps them um, develop that language. And then I have some people who use this because they aren't going to be able to use their language, right? With someone with severe, severe CP or, or, some other um, neurological disorder that, you know, they're really not going to be able to use their um, voice as their communication. So they'll use one of these. And well, there's some, that's like a whole barrel of information right there. And that you've been such a great resource for when, when people on Little Wins have reached out and asked me, you know, this is the situation with my child or my, my loved one, I'm a caregiver or I'm a parent. I want to help them communicate. I can't afford these assistive devices because let's get real, Sarah, they're, they're insane. 
Yeah. And I've found after we started talking, I found some more that are totally way more price. They might not be the best for that individual, but they're probably going to be a good place to start. And they're, um, I think, right. So right now what I have is the light versions of a bunch of them. Okay. And the only difference, I think there's like four of them. The only difference difference is it doesn't speak out loud, which of course we want it to um, for the person, but the full version is probably like $500 or something versus the the big devices that are thousands of dollars. So I'll have to take a look at some of those for you and just yeah. give those. If you'll give me, shoot me over a, a list. I'd love to include that because I do get a lot of questions about it. And like you said, just any place to start when you're, some of the parents I've, I've talked with, um, the, the desperation in their yeah. voice, I completely understand because their child may be screaming and you know, throwing a tantrum, which is a form of communication. It's not the one that we're, it's not the one we're working towards, but they're, they're desperate to communicate with their child. And it may be a situation like this and all they need is a place to start. And what I think is really cool about these apps that, that you sent over a while back is the cause and effect. I remember when that was really helpful with Ava, when she couldn't remember, it was almost like, I think she was two or three. If given too many choices, it was like, what? You know? (laughs) What? So the buttons and the pictures and tactile, if you're tactile, the cards that you have and, and things like that, two choices, the cause and effect. If you push the button, this happens. If you, um, you know, if you push this button, you get a cookie. That's right. Yeah. Art communication. Yeah. Yeah, That's where the, uh, that's where it starts, right? Like you want, especially when they're so young. Um, that's always what I did with the younger ones is like, tell the parents, that's what we want is we want them to realize the function. Right. And for a lot of my little ones, like pointing and grunting is their function. And so we're trying to get them beyond that because that's not going to get them that far, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, that's what our job is to figure out ways to get them to move on um, to other forms of communication. Um, I think a lot of parents are hesitant to use other forms of, of communication, but every single bit of research anywhere is, is showing that it's, if your you know, if your kid is, is going to be verbal, um, this is a way to help them be verbal and it's okay. You had, there are some kids who at least, you know, Nowadays, they're not calling it nonverbal. They're calling it pre-verbal, which I just learned um, oh, because you never right. know. Um, you know, I follow some apps and there's a little girl who's eight and she just started speaking and she's eight and she has autism and she's been using a communication device for seven years and all of a sudden she started speaking. Um, so you just don't know. There's, you know, it really is kind of a cool thing to think of like, she's not nonverbal because we don't know, you know, if and when she's going to start using her words. Um, but in the meantime, we can't just leave them with nothing, you know? No, absolutely not. So why do you think, and this never even occurred to me, why do you think parents wouldn't want to use or would be hesitant to use uh, some other form of communication device? Because they think it'll replace being verbal and that oh. their kids will never speak. Um, that's, that's what most parents say to me. If I give them pictures, they're never going to talk. If I use sign language, they're never going to talk. Um, and it's just not true. Like that's the opposite. It's, they benefit from seeing the sign language. They benefit from seeing the, um, pictures they bet, you know, it's just super beneficial. 
Well, I'm not a medical professional or a speech pathologist or anything. <laughs> I'm just a mom. But for me, communication, I just, any way you can communicate yeah. to me, tell me what you want, tell me what you need. It's, and I want to be able to tell you on right. in the way that you are going to understand mm-hmm. and the ease and the, the joy in that when, when Ava did start communicating, like we were saying, I'm frustrated yep. or I don't understand. It was like oh, every yeah. single time. Yes. Thank you for telling me as opposed to yeah. Flipping oh, yeah. the yep. box of toys over and just screaming at me because I'm like, right. Oh. And I also remember you and I had talked about like, sometimes they can't tell you in the moment and that's okay. Like we let them calm down. We help them calm down. And then we work with them on like next time, let's try this. Right. Like, yep. I don't blame you if I'm really angry. Like I probably am not just going to be like, you know, I'm going to yell, right. Adults. It's an adult version of throwing a tantrum. We're going to yell mm-hmm. and that's fine. Then we calm down and then we talk to the person afterwards, you know, and that's the same with kids. Like if we can't catch it before they get upset, then I, you know, we'll, we'll try to help them calm down, but I'm not going to try and be like, you know, get, tell me right now, what's going on? How are you feeling? What do you, you know, they're yeah. just shut down and get more angry, you know? Yes. Um, and, and so do adults, I think yeah. that's, yeah. this has been really, um, an incredible personal journey for me too. being able to work with you, all of you therapists and learning these tools that we're, we're giving to my kids with the calm down boxes in those moments. Like here's a bunch of like kinetic toys or some thinking putty or something, or the, the one that, and they each like a different little thingy in their calm down boxes that I, that I made for them. <laughs> That's what I call them. <laughs> yeah. But, but, you know, Billy really loves the oil and water yeah. you flip over and you, and you watch it down and breathing with that. Well, when the kids were like two and three, I had not really thought of a calm down box yet. And in those moments, you're just as frustrated. It kind of freaks a parent out when they're acting like that. There's like a low level kind of freak out where you're like, what's wrong? (laughs) What do I do? I don't know what to do. Yeah. Yeah. But being able to say, let's take a deep breath and let's go to a calm place and you play with your thing. And, and, you know, I need to do that. Yeah. Oh yeah. Everybody needs to do that. Before Ava, Ava, yeah. On Thursday, she asked for some Play-Doh while we were talking and I was like, go for it. If that's going to help, you know, like I know now, like growing up, it's unfortunate, but like, you know, you go to school and they're like, don't doodle. You're not paying attention, you know? And like, to me, I couldn't pay attention if I wasn't doodling. Wait, have we talked about this? No, I have I to. Why like, do you think I always am? It, it bothers people. I just, I think it's. Well, I'm playing with play right now. Cause yeah. I can't pay attention if I'm not okay. doing something. How has this never come up? I can't I don't know. I have to be doing one other small thing yes. to hear and understand. I think it's just because I'm ADD or maybe it's just, you know, we're all different, but I need, I'm constantly doodling. And I, it always makes me sad when people are like, can you just look at me? So I know that you're listening. I'm like, I'm not, if I'm looking at you and I'm not doing something, I'm not listening. You know, what is that? I, well, so in grad school, I told my professor, cause I was like, 
I'm not trying to be rude, but listen, if I'm looking at you, I'm not paying attention. So just, you know, and he was like, that's fine, but you can't do that when you're younger. They won't let you, you know? And it's so, I had, I was working with a high schooler and she at her school and she was like, you know, I can't pay attention in class because I can't, you know, she's like, they always tell me she's a very great artist and she'd be like drawing cool things. And she's like, they always tell me to put it away, but they don't realize that like, I'm paying attention when I do this. And she told me that. And I said, okay, well, let's go tell your teachers. And we did. And they were like, oh, I wish she would have told me that. Like, okay, great. You know, yeah. you don't feel comfortable doing that when you're younger, you know? No. And that's where we have to step in parents and therapists and advocate for, for these things. Cause it's, I mean, what harm does it do? But that's how I memorize things. Right. And it's so interesting that you bring this up because I, it came to me in um, my IEP meeting for Ava last week. They said she's really struggling with her focus, mm-hmm. especially when it comes to you know test taking and all of these things. And so I say, what is the setting of mm-hmm. of the test that you're doing? You know, right. where where does she go for that? And of course, it's like when we were kids this teacher takes you into a room by yourself and you're immediately like, bum, bum, bum. Like it's so scary. Right. Right. You're in trouble or something, right? Why is it? And then I was a terrible test taker for that reason. Cause all of a sudden I was so nervous and I, they would ask me, I'll never forget in kindergarten, I messed up the ABCs. And I, I remember it to this, like, I, I remember the moment to this day because I was so in my head about it that I, I couldn't, I couldn't remember. Right. And I, sitting there looking at the teacher and my heart was pounding and I was like, I can't remember the ABCs. It tripped me big time. And, and so Eva, yeah, well, go ahead. I, I, well, I said to them, could you give her some putty or Play-Doh or a ball? Don't make it fancy. It cannot be a princess. Don't, don't go over. It can't be overly colorful because that'll be a distraction. If mm-hmm. it's just a ball, like a rubber ball, one color. If it's just some Play-Doh, just give her something to hold on to and to squeeze mm-hmm. can be really comforting to her. And also it gives her whatever this is that we have yeah. where she, to connect your, your thought to your speech and mm-hmm. need to be holding something in your hands. Fascinating. But yeah. they said, Oh, well, we never thought about that. Sure. <laughs> and we'll see what happens. Hopefully it'll be helpful for her, you know, like And that's, what's so interesting about Ava is like, Ava's a really smart kid and people don't necessarily give her that chance because she has a hard time paying attention. Right. She does. And they're like, oh, she doesn't know what I said. And I'm like, no, that's not true. It's not that she doesn't know what you just said. It's either it takes her a little longer to, to process what you said, or she wasn't paying a bit of attention to what you just said. It's not that she doesn't understand you. And I remember we were upstairs one time and she said, um, she wanted to use, this was maybe a year and a half ago. She wanted to use her little toy vacuum cleaner. I was like, I think Stella has the toy vacuum cleaner. And she goes, how dare her? And she goes, well, in the meantime, I think we could use the broom instead. And I was like, okay. Like she was like, she might've even been four at that point. I was like, who uses the word in the meantime when they're four, right? I'm like, she has a great vocabulary. She knows what's going on. She can, you know, it's just that it's just, sometimes it's hard for her to pay attention to what you're talking about, you know, and also some of that's age appropriate, appropriate too, you know? 
Yeah. Well, it, is it age appropriate for, for us? Yeah. <laughs> like I have conversations every day with people where I'm like, no. but what you just said, please tell me 12 more times. Yeah, exactly. But I love that you see that because I don't think every parent who has the ability to have a speech therapist for their, their loved one, because not everybody can afford it, insurance, all that. I know we've talked about that and it's unfortunate, really. It's well, we're, we're working on that, but for that speech therapist to then look to the parent and say, you're right. Their cognitive level is, is this, and it, it, that relationship goes both ways. If you look at me and you say, Alexis, I don't think that she understands and we're going to have to try this a different way. I have to be open to that. Right. We're all working towards the same goal. The feedback's not always going to be 80 and sunny and like butterflies and rainbows, but it's all good because it's a, it's a process to get there. And, but I always feel so fortunate whenever I've, you know, really had to push for things at Ava's school or for other kids and being able to reach out to you or Kelly or Mm -hmm. Diane, anyone in our team and say, can you back me up on this? Right. Let me tell you what she actually can do versus also there's a big difference between doing something one-on-one and then having a class full of people where you are going to get distracted. Like, yes, you're not going to show your true potential if that's, you know, it's that sensory piece. Like you're overwhelmed. There's a lot of people, there's a lot of visuals. There's a lot of this, there's a lot of that. Maybe she can't answer WH questions in the classroom because she's very overwhelmed. And the, you know, I'm just, I don't know if this is true or not, but just as an example, like maybe a kid can't answer those questions in the classroom, but when they're with me, they can, because in the classroom, it's just overwhelming for them, you know? So you have so much experience, but even to that point in this same IEP meeting, when we're talking about her focus and, and they went through, you know, the test taking, I said, okay, well in the classroom, is she seated in her chair? when you're asking her questions or what, you know, what's the scenario there? She, do you know what they said? She's been in, in her walker. So she's standing at her desk in her walker, which is hard work behind the plexiglass thingy with a mask over her nose and mouth, which I like throws my sensory system off big time, but standing for her. And, and I had to explain this to to everyone at the IEP meeting. Right. She was in my way. It's all good. I, my daughter has triplegia CP. In order for her to be standing in a walker, she has to work really hard. So standing at a desk for over an hour in a walker, that's, of course, it's going to fatigue her. They said she gets, she seems to get really tired. I'm like, well, yeah, yeah. yeah. She's going to get tired. Trampoline for an hour while you're learning. And then maybe, you know, that's what she's doing. She's, she's putting forth that much effort that we're, would be on a trampoline or something for that long, you know? And I have to give them credit because it, when I say these things, they do make adjustments, mm-hmm. but I was shocked to hear that that was what was going on and, and that they would come to me and say, we're really deeply concerned about moving her into the next grade. If she fatigues this quickly and if her focus is is this short, then, you know, we have concerns about that. And, and I was like, well, before we just hop to that, <laughs> like, what is the exact, show me what it looks like in these situations where you're seeing her focus fade. And 
it's sometimes something so simple as is she standing mm-hmm. or like you said is there a lot going on around her is the sound or even some of those like I don't know how they would make it work honestly but you know those things they put up for take like they never did this when I was younger but now they do it they put that little have you ever seen those like it's like a board like a cardboard and they put them you put it around your desk yeah. when you're taking a class test so the other kids either don't distract you or you can't look at theirs or whatever it is like those help the kids a lot because then all they're not like looking around because they can't see anything when they're looking around they have their little board up or whatever um I bet there's a level of safety in that too like they feel like um it's a private area (laughs) you know it's a little little tent yeah little tent which I know are popular in your house yeah we do tents here all kinds you guys have a really cool tent with the there was one day I came over and you guys were running late and I was hanging out with Billy and you guys had this like gosh I can't remember not again excuse me while my mom tries to call me 15 times. Um, I'm really popular. She might be the only one who ever calls me. Um, No, you had some really cool tent. I bet you still have it. I think it was pink and it had like, you put the baby to sleep in there and there's like a whole table or something. Yeah, that was fun. Billy and I were really having fun with that one. I love tents. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. So speaking of Billy and Jonas, this whole, when you started talking about stutters and um, like R's and TH's and things like that, Mm -hmm. at what age, so I still feel like Jonas has a really hard time with R's. Like at what age are we worried about that? Well, here's the thing with- Not worried, but but seeking some, you know. Is he about to be six or he just turns six? No, he's about to be six. Yep. And he looks like he's like, he's taller than both the girls, isn't he? Or did he, he's so tall. He wears like an eight. He's, I know he's it, does everyone think they're triplets? Well, they did. And now he's so much taller. And that's been tough too in camp situations or classes where there's multiple ages since he was little. Cause he's always been a tall uh, where people yeah. expect him to have more words or right. to behave a certain way because he's tall. And I, I have to say, actually, he's two. He's not. Right, four. right. He's, he's only two years old today. <laughs> yeah. um, so there are so, so, so many norms you can find, right? You can like Google speech sounds and when there's speech sound development and they come and I can show you some, but there's a new one. I don't know if I have it in front of me, I can grab it, but it's very interesting. So what they did, cause there's, they're all over the place, right? Like some of them would say, so some of the later developing sounds no matter when they occur, are L, T, H, R, um, sometimes S and Z, right? That's why you'll see the kid with like a little lisp at the when they're when they're first speaking. But it's interesting because they just did all this new research, and what they did is they took research. I don't remember what it's called. It's been a while, but they took all the, uh, the all the old research, and they reviewed all those re- that research, and they came up with new norms. And they're really interesting because all the speech therapists are kind of freaking out like, oh no, like, because basically what they're saying is all of a sudden when before it was like, you might not get R till you're eight. That was always like what it was. Like you might be seven or eight by the time you get your R. Now they're saying five. And I'm like, if people are all going to get their R's by five, like it's just incredible to me because, and I don't want to say it's not right. Cause I'll get some, you know, throwback on that one, but it's just interesting because I know of plenty of kids who don't have their R by five that will still develop it. 
So if you were looking for him, um, it also depends on if you have, right? My niece says, for example, like park is poik, like poik, almost like poik, right? And that is more, more that is closer to a real R than POC, right? With like a W. Okay. So I always, I have more concerns when the kids are getting older and everything's a W, Wabbit and, you know, any of those, Pock, Waddle, right? Versus like what she's doing. She's about to turn five and hers is kind of R-ish, but not quite, quite an R. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, a, it's a tricky question for those later developing sounds, right? Because you wouldn't most likely if you were to bring Jonas in and you're like, he can't say R and can you test him at school? They'd be like, no, he's in kindergarten, right? He's, you know, like there's 50 kids in here that can't say there are, but if you were going to bring him to a private clinic, they could treat it if it was something, you know, however he does on the test that we give him. So it's tricky, but I would say if you're RTH, I wouldn't even worry about till, gosh, I don't know, seven R, you know, six, seven, my, some people definitely might disagree with me, but, um, that's kind of my opinion. Well, I'm with you on your opinion. And I like, this is, a, a what are we on? This is a podcast where you should be able to speak freely. Okay. <laughs> I'll fight viciously for that, but how could we, I do not like when they put an age, like one specific age on each Thing or milestone or whatever that's baloney just like when you said um in the context of the little girl who started speaking at eight mm-hmm. like how can we it's just a little bit tough so what you said that I like the most is this is when between this range you should be seeing this if you don't you know here are the steps you could take for for intervention or for you know speech therapy and that's all we really need to know as parents, like this whole, they're walking by two and. Right. And I, you know, it's, it's tricky because one of the biggest things though, that's like a, that's been really pushed recently that I do agree with is why are we waiting? Right. You know, you have a lot of doctors that'll be like your kids 18 months. Why are you worried about their speech? However, and there is research that shows, I think it was like, I don't know, at least 50, if not, it might've been like 60, 70%, right? If your kid's delayed in speaking when they're young, we'll mostly like, most likely catch up. However, that still leaves a good 20, 30% that won't. And we don't know which one your kid is gonna be. So especially that with early intervention being an option, which I know can be a little rough sometimes, but the process of it, but you know, I, I absolutely am one who's like, go for it, right? You can get oh. these services for cheap. If your kid qualifies, go for it, regardless of whether they will catch up or not. And there's also a lot of research that's showing that even if your kid is gonna catch up in their speech and language, there's a lot of correlation between being a late talker and then being having trouble reading. So it's like, get the help. If you can get the help, and I know past the age of three, it's hard to get the help because schools are picky about you know, like, and I understand it. They can't just have everybody. They don't have the budget, right? So you have to like, it has to have a social or academic impact on you. I understand that, but that's some people's only option is to go through the school system. And and then if the school says no, that's what we're trying to figure out is what do you do if you don't have insurance or something like that, you know? Right. So would, would you say in your opinion, if you like for Ava, we started speech therapy for the feeding piece. 
mm-hmm. which I never put together until we were I in. About that yes, feeding yeah. is an important one too. Feeding is, was huge for mm-hmm. her and how she moves her mouth mm-hmm. in, at that early age. Would you think that if someone, let's say someone's listening and they have, you know, 16, 17, 18 month old with concerns for their feeding, if going forward, I'm for resources. I'm like you, I'm like therapy, therapy for everyone, therapy therapy all the way around. Right. Exactly. But if you can, if you have access to it, but maybe it's that letter of uh, medical necessity that you get early on or some form of diagnosis, which is when the age piece does come in handy so that you can, handy, is that the right thing to say? Helpful. Um, When you can get, you need a diagnosis to get the care sometimes. And maybe at an early age, then you'll have a better chance of getting that, those services in school. Yeah. Oh yeah. If you get, it's unfortunately the way it works is if you get early intervention, you can then transfer into school pretty easily. Um, it's harder if you don't, it's harder. You can still do it. There's things called my niece just did for other things, but like a child, there's something called child find. And it's basically, I'd used to do them sometimes. I honestly, I think if you Google it, you could find out more, but it's, it's basically, I think it's only for kids going into kindergarten or preschool or kindergarten, I think could be wrong, but it's like, okay, I think there's something going on with my kid. I'm not sure. So you bring them to these times and they're really short. And usually they're run. Like when I did them, it was a PT and OT and the kid came in for half an hour, maybe less. And, and we would just say, yes, we think they need an evaluation or no, we don't think they do. And if we did, we'd pass them onto the school system and the school system would evaluate them. Um, but always here's the thing like you know school is sometimes hard to get services through but uh, hold on my internet's telling I me it's say, I, like this is so important okay. and can i can be some kind of you're kind of yeah uh, my internet yeah i think can you hear me now yes so what they need to know the people where should they go where they start if they want to have their child evaluated um, just to see if they need help, where, where is that first starting? So it depends if you're going private, right? Or if you're gonna go through the school system. So privately, you can honestly easy, easily Google speech and language clinic, right? That's around you. Um, I can give you a bunch of recommendations too of places. They're just not necessarily super close to everybody. Um, and you, you know, that you call them, set up an appointment, and then you get a full evaluation. Very easy. You know, hopefully insurance will cover it. If not, a lot of them have package deals of, you know, if you can do it, if you, some people can't, right? So then if you have other concerns, it's a little bit harder. Um, but what you can do is you can Google what's called child find and go, go that route. There should be, I can try and look up I'm, you know, like I said, my niece just did one recently. So I believe my sister just looked up child find study and then they had an email that came up and she emailed and said, we're just concerned with her speech. She got rejected by the way, but Hey, it was worth (laughs) a shot. They were like, it was worth a shot. Her insurance won't cover speech. And so she was like, maybe she can get it in kindergarten. We'll see what happens. But in any case, like it's tricky. She, she has, she's missing some sounds. She should have at her age, but she 
you know, who knows how she's doing academically when she's four, she's doing fine and we'll see how she does in kindergarten. But um, so do this child find study. You can also, I mean, the more you bring it up, it's the more you bring it up with the teacher and the principal and say, I have a lot of concerns, write it down, write a letter, write a letter because letters, you know, documentation. I have a lot of concerns with my kids' academic progress. I would like them tested to see if, you know, they need extra, extra support. Um, letters, schools will take more seriously um, if oh, you want to really. Absolutely. And the documentation, like I took my kid in at this age and while they weren't, they didn't qualify for services at the time, this concern has, yeah. you know, maintained and having those dates and, and that documentation and writing a letter. Absolutely. It's always been successful for me. Also, I don't want to say this, but I'm going to say it anyways. Um, but throw in a piece about like, I know what my rights are and I'm willing to advocate for my child is a good little something to throw in that letter. I don't know why. I mean, we have to say this sometimes. I have, I've been in moments where I'm like, you don't even, you're not even ADA compliant. It's right. just like, this is not actually legal. It's like, yeah. So I said, you know, we could either, you could either go the route where insurance in private, private um, insurance route, which is, you know, either you would go to a clinic or sometimes occasionally, if you're lucky, someone will come to your house. If you're birth to three, they can come to your house. Um, after three, it really depends on where you get services. Um, but yeah, I would just Google speech and language clinic close to wherever for are you okay? Can you hear me now? Yes, I turned, I muted it because my my elderly dog was coughing. Oh, oh you have, is that Theo? Yeah, they told me he has seasonal allergies. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that's super funny. I just, like, it is kind of funny. He just has this cough like a like a grumpy old man. So I, I didn't want to distract you. I muted myself. Sorry. I didn't realize that. I just, yeah, no, that's funny. Um, He's fine. And then He's totally fine. He's thriving. He's, he's thriving. The other thing we can do is go through the um, child find. So what I just did is I Googled child find CPS, like Chicago public schools. And I got a website just if anybody needs it, it is, you can call them at 773-251-4855. Or yeah, I can give you the email also. It's a little longish. It's D like dog, M like mom, Fuller, F-U-L-L-E-R, dash Clark, C-A-L-A-R-K at cps.edu. Okay. So this is, and it looks like there's- And that's just for Chicago, but there's got that's to be- just for Chicago, but you can Google, right? Like child find screening Wilmette, child find screening Winnetka school district, and these or, should come Or any city, right? It, it, correct, yeah, it doesn't have to be Illinois. Right. Okay. Um, awesome. There's got there should be something like that. Now, while I'm looking here, it says at least in Illinois, it looks like it's birth to five. So I don't know why you would do it at birth when your kid's probably gonna, yeah, you don't, you're not in preschool at birth, but um, it does look like it's under five that you can use that. Now, if you're over five, right, and you're in the schools, and let's say Stella started having trouble in school, and you're like really concerned with it. It's harder, but this is where that part of that piece of like, A, you can always go privately, private clinic. B, you can 
keep documentation, keep her paperwork, keep her, you know, she's doing really poorly in spelling, the teacher or in reading, the teachers are saying she's having so much, you know, trouble and her reading is delayed significantly. And, you know, you're going to bring it up, you're going to write down, I rec, you know, I request this um, evaluation. Mm-hmm. And then and when you that, tell your pediatrician too. Tell your pediatrician and you ask them for a letter of medical necessity. I need a letter of medical necessity for correct. Yes. And you take that straight over. Correct. You know what I was thinking when we were having any wait, I'm sorry, what? Take that and take anything you can. Take it all. Yeah, totally. (laughs) Absolutely. Especially when you're fighting insurance companies, just fax the same information 77 times. So they can never say they never received it. That's my, that's my tactic. But I was thinking when, when we had issues with the internet, I think it would be helpful if I put together a template email for requesting services for your child, because I've done this so many times, maybe, I don't know, maybe if it's English, isn't your, you know, primary language or if you just don't even know what to say, do you think that maybe that would be, well, I think that would be great. And this is where I'm going to bring up, um, a company called equipped for equality. And this is a company that let me just give you their number first. So this is just their main number. And then I'll tell you what they are there. It's three, one, two, three, four, one, zero, zero, two, two. Now this is only in Illinois. I would hope they have something similar um, and I can ask them. Um, so my sister works for this company. I, I would assume she knows if there's you know, other places, but it's basically a company for lower income families who are not getting, it's, it could be many things, right? Like my kid, they're not testing him and they need to test him and I'm frustrated and he's doing poorly in school and he's working hard and he can't, you know, nobody's taking this seriously. You call them, they could give you that template and all of a sudden, ta-da, like people take you seriously, right? Yes, Um, and if anyone has, I always say this because I've been through this and you really do feel completely alone. You you were like, well, I don't even know where to start. My child is frustrated they're not happy. I want them to be happy. I want them, I need to know how to help them. And, and that can be so overwhelming. So I've always said, if you have questions, we have a forum for that, a little Mm -hmm. ones forum where you can ask an entire community of individuals who have been through these things. You can email us at info at little wins, and we'll be happy to give you anything that we have already, or like we've done me and you for, for any of these, these systems for assistive technology, we'll look into it ourselves. We want to help. We know how frustrating it is and, um, and we'll be that resource. Yeah. And people have connections, right? I mean, this is a great connection that I have. So it's like you contact them and let's say, you know, so if you, if you, if they email you and you're like, I don't know, then you reach out to other people and then I find this or Kelly finds that or whatever, and we can figure it out that way. But you so call really- these places and like, right. it, you know, like child find you say, do you know if this exists somewhere else? Or do you like, what would be a great next step? Yeah. Or do you have, because everyone does ultimately, especially in this community, want to help each other out. And usually, like you said, someone has a connection or another idea, or they've been through that one with someone else before. So, right. so like, that's a dumb question. I no, always. definitely not. And for like, for equip for equality, I don't know what exists outside of Illinois. However, 
I can find that out, right? Because I can contact them and they can let me know, oh yeah, we have resources all over, you know, whatever it is. But it's a great resource. It's a great, all of their services are free. I sound like I'm like, what's that called? When you're like a, when you're like a sponsor, I sound like I'm a sponsor. But it's just really cool. It's free. It's for incredible. People. Yeah, it's for people with lower income. They can't afford to, you know, so like, help me. I need help. Can you, can you help me figure out what to do? And, and they will you know, do that or we'll do that. <laughs> so. Or we'll do that. Absolutely. Because this is extremely important. We're talking about communication people. Mm-hmm. And, and that's by way of all of these, these different things. And that was one thing I wanted to really convey when we first hopped on is the different forms of communication can be, like you said, sign language. It mm-hmm. can be um, just body language. Correct. And and we're working up, right? Like we're working up to like whatever that kid's communication is going to be long-term, right? I mean, yes, the majority of us use our voice and maybe that child will use their voice and maybe they won't and that's okay, right? Like Maybe they'll use an eye gaze system. I was just going to tell you an eye gaze story because it's so fun. So there is, if people don't know what they are, um, technology is super cool, right? So if you think of like, an iPad. It's got pictures of, let's say, things for dinner, spaghetti and chicken and steak and hamburger. I don't know why I'm going with all the meats, but right. All sorts of food on that page. And you're like, what did you, what do you want? And your kid, you know, if your kid has a really pretty significant disability and cannot use their voice and cannot, I have a little girl who I love and she's Ava's age. She's going to be eight in, in June. And she, you know, she has a lot of spasticity. She can't control her head. She, you know, she's in a wheelchair. She has a trach. She's pretty, you know, significant uh, medical history. And people will look at her and automatically think she doesn't know anything, right? (sighs) And it is the funniest thing because she is feisty. And so she comes home from school. She had gone, she's been doing online. And she comes home one day for the first, she had gone in for the first day. I don't know, February, whatever of this year. And she comes home and she has a nurse with her and her nurse programmed in her device, all of her new people, all the new names of the kids because it was a new class. And I asked her and I said, did you have fun at school today? And she hits yes. And I'm like, great, who did you enjoy playing with? And she hits the name, I'll call him, you know, Bob, Bobby, right? She hits Bobby. And then she goes up to the other page and she goes, bad, Bobby, bad, Bobby, bad. And her nurse goes, yeah, you know, Bobby <laughs> took off his shirt today and was like, Bobby was like, Bobby has like pretty severe autism and Bobby had his shirt off and was pounding on his chest sitting by the window. And the like assistant principal came in and Bobby jumped on the assistant principal, like this whole long story. And I'm like, she's telling me exactly what happened. She doesn't have the vocabulary yet to go on and expand on that, but she's only been using this for a year. And all of a sudden she's able to tell me like, Bobby, no, Bobby, bad, bad, you know, like telling me a story of what was happening. And I'm like, so don't tell me this kid doesn't understand because she just told me about her day, you know, in the best way she could tell me. And it was so, and she's laughing. She's crying. And now we're communicating folks. Like it's so incredible. I get so hyped up about And I didn't, right. And I didn't mention, I forgot to mention, she's using her eyes doing this. We had talked about, right. So some people can push the buttons. She can't push the buttons. So she just looks at the screen and it, you know, it recognizes what she's looking at. 
So she's using her eyes to tell me the story about what Bobby did at school that day. And I was dying. I was like, oh, well, Bobby had a first rough, you know, a rough first day of school. <laughs> Days are tough, Bobby. I get it. You know, and I have a son. I, I don't know. I love kids when they do these things. And I know I understand autism. I get it. But I feel like, you know, we're all we're all a little bit different a lot mm-hmm. different but yeah. to, to rip off his shirt and be pounding <laughs> on his chest like yeah way to express your your inward feeling of just like I can't handle this yes I I feel that I, I totally get that but what an awesome story this technology though is so expensive and I want it for every mom who calls me or I have a woman who helps me translate other languages when they message me uh, in a, in a language I barely speak English. So, (laughs) so I need help with that, but I want to make sure that I can help them. Uh, if they reach out to me, they need help. Right. So Mm -hmm. I have this woman who, who will translate for me and then I'll give her my response and she'll, she'll do it back. It's an incredible gift, but the stories are mostly women, mothers with their, their little ones. And they are desperately reaching out. I cannot communicate with my child. I do not know what they want. I don't know if there's pain in their body. If they're hungry, I don't know. And I just want to help them. And I think of them in those moments because every mother's been there when your child isn't speaking yet. And you're just like, is it gas? Are you hungry? Are you tired? (laughs) And I just want you to feel good. It's, it's deeply rooted in your central nervous system as a mother. And so I'm on the phone with you. I'm calling everybody. How do we get this? I cannot find. And this is where I really think if Elon Musk could call me back. You called him. Love it. Oh, I'm, I feel like he, he's, well, he's a genius, but he could definitely solve for this issue in like a lunch break. So if Elon could just call me and we could put together an eye gaze system that's that's more accessible to people, more affordable. Here's the news about that though. Like you have this kid, you know, they're not communicating. You get, you got them into, you know, and I, I hate to only use Chicago public schools. It's just the one I know the most about, but I hate to only use that, right? That's one thing I need to learn more about is what about other countries? But for now, so let's say you you have your kid in there and guess what? Your kid's not communicating. They are required at Chicago public schools, at Winnetka public schools, at, at public schools, not private schools, to get your kid the device they need. When they argue with you and they fight with you, this is when you bring in the big guns and you say, okay, I'm gonna call somebody. I'm gonna call Equip for Equality. I'm gonna talk to my doctor. I'm gonna write document like my kid cannot communicate with me that you are required to pay for the this device. And this little girl, her parents didn't buy it. The public school bought it. And, and she, she owned, can take it home? She takes it home. Wow, I didn't think you could do that because I don't know. Tape. I do know. Yeah, I do not know. Sometimes they won't, they they need to let you take it home. They're required to let you take it home. They don't always. And parents yeah. don't fight back because parents also don't always understand how, what, how, what how your rights are. are. Right, right. And what your rights are. But um you know, I don't know now. My guess is that if she goes to another school, she can keep it, but I don't know that. I don't know that hundred percent. And this is like high tech thousands of dollars item that she has, you know. Is it the Divinex, the one like the, the- um she has yes, hers is 
a to it's called Toby Dynabox. Yeah. Yes. It's incredible. It's amazing. I'm like, this is so cool. You know, we're always, she loves to just explore it too. She just like goes all around it, checks it out. With the other day, just yes, with the other day I got on, we just start, we put on some greetings, right? Like, how are you? It's because we were just doing high and by, and I was like, let's get a little more exciting. So we put some more greetings, like, good afternoon. How are you? You know, and she would hit goodbye. And I was like, excuse me. Like, she was like done with me, you know, over and over, <laughs> goodbye. And I'm like, no, I'm not leaving you. Like, we're hanging out right now. Yay. <laughs> you know, they're sassy. They are. That's how Ava is. When she figured out how to click off of Zoom. How about she'll that? Ask, yeah, she'll ask me, can I, can I leave now? I'm ready to leave. And I'm like, no, not quite yet. <laughs> but, but you have to be feisty. And that's why I love their spirits. Because when you are in that chair, or if you can't speak, if you, you are impacted to the level that this amazing little girl is that you're talking about, it takes a fighter spirit like oh. that. And their dry sense of humor, from my experience, they have this quick wit, dry sense of humor, sort of like you said, it's just, oh, I love it. I love it so much. Okay, so that was that was one thing I really wanted to talk about, but you kind of jumped the gun. I was gonna say, do you have a favorite story to share? Um, I, That's one of my favorite stories. Um, I have another one, a little boy, gonna get a little obscene here, a little, improper, you know, words, but it, just kids out of the room. so I had a little boy that I was working with who wasn't speaking. And he was, I don't know when I started with him, maybe two. And in the early intervention system in Illinois, you go till three and then you'll go to the school system if you still need speech therapy, or you can go privately. And I was working with him, and his parents used some not so great language all the time in front of them. And one day I had, there was like an ice cream truck out front. So his mom and I went, you know, out front and we got him ice cream. And, and then his mom like turned around and he goes, he said like he was starting to get a lot of language at that point. He was almost three and he, he was like, walk. He wanted to go on a walk. I said, no, maybe mommy can take you on a walk. I have to leave. So he turned around to go back, you know, to follow mom into the house. And he goes up to mom and he says, walk. And she goes, no, we can't go on a walk right now. So take your kids out of the room. He goes, you bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so and like, and it's, he was, and he used it appropriately. He overheard it. He's starting to develop his language. And he was like, okay, like there, he told there. you. It's, so, it's probably startling for people who don't have children, you know, with, with any special need or our disability, but there is a language piece in, first of all, there's something going on at home that should not be, we should not. Um, be yeah, there was a lot going on at there's home. But something that, okay. That needs to be said. Anyways, when your child is, is struggling, I'll never forget when Ava first said, um, Jesus. Yes. Yeah. She says that now I've heard her do that, but, but, you know, I don't love it, but, but when it was early on and it was used appropriately, the pronunciation was great. If you yeah. think about it, it's not the easiest word to say. And so I was like, I'm going to take that as a win. Yeah. <laughs> or the kids, you know, a lot of parents are like, gosh, they keep saying no. And I'm like, it is their way to like have some control. And that's one of the first words I think kids learn. Honestly, that's one yeah. of the first things they learn. And it's good. 
that's what they should, you know, that's what you're supposed to do when you're three and whatever, like, no, I don't want to do this. Right. Like parents don't love it, but it's really appropriate. And I teach it to the kids because I think they need to learn it. Um, Have you seen those yes, no buttons? They sell them at Walgreens. I love those where it's just like, no. Right. It tells you what, uh, yep. I know exactly what you're talking about. I, so I saw them and, um, one of my babysitters brought them over, which my kids had a blast with, but I was thinking about these families that reach out to me. I mean, I think it's like $5 at, at Walgreens. There's a red one that says no, and a green one that says yes. And if you, um, you know, not everyone's child can, I mean, Ava could only use that with one hand. So if, yes. if they have that motor that mobility and they can slap that button that says no not only is it kind of funny for you too because it says it in different voices and inflections exactly. but, but like going back to are you hungry does your tummy yeah. hurt are you tired these things that well there's also these recordable buttons that I'm looking at I literally typed in recording buttons and it popped up um that are on Amazon these are like 12 bucks or something and you can record your voice there's four of them you can record your voice. So you could put a picture on there, right? If we're talking basic, cheap communication where we need something somewhere to start from, you can swap out the pictures. I have um, some programs that are pretty darn cheap uh, where you can, you can, you don't even need a program. You could just take a picture, make it, I don't know, two by two, a little square of water, you yeah. know, water, milk, juice, lemonade. What do you want to eat? And then they can hit the button, right? Just something basic super basic. And obviously we're going to get more advanced than that, but something to start with. And then next time you throw on the button, you could even put on like tape on the back of it, just switch them out. Next time you throw, what do you want to eat? What do you want to drink? Where, you know, do you want to go to the park? Yes, no, you know, and you can record your voice on that. So it's something. I love that. Will you send me, so I've written down all of these amazing resources, but when you have a free moment, which I've already taken up most of your free moments on a Sunday. I have, my only job today is to go grocery shopping and to go hang out at the Poik with my niece and nephew. The Poik. Oh, well, it's supposed to be nice today. So that, mm-hmm. that sounds perfect, but I want to be able to give these Send me an email of all the stuff you write down. That'll be easiest. And then I can, yeah, they're called just, it looks like recording buttons or something. Recording buttons. Okay. Um, all right. How long have you been doing this? Since 2008, the end of 2008. So I worked, so I went to undergrad at Washington University in St. Louis and I always knew that I wanted to work with kids, but I'm not, the, I'm not going to lie. I'm not the best at discipline because I'm kind of a kid myself. So I was like, I can't teach. Like, I don't want to be, I don't want to have tons of kids that I'm responsible for disciplining because I just wouldn't do it. So I didn't know what I wanted to do. And then I realized I, I started to think about either OT, speech or PT. And then like my sophomore year, I took a linguistics class and I always liked learning languages. I've learned a bunch of languages. I, you know, just something that's interesting to me. So I majored in psychology and linguistics because my school did not have a major in speech and that got me the prereqs. And then I went to Ohio State um, and it's a two-year program, master's program and finished that in 2008, moved here, started working the next day. So I, I did schools for six years and also early intervention. So birth to three, um, in the homes for five of those six years also. And then I switched to clinic 
like outpatient clinics. And I've been doing that since 2015, I think, or 14. Also doing early intervention as well. So um, yeah, I definitely don't, you know, and I, I have a, it's nice because I have other friends that have, you know, more knowledge about the adult side of things. Definitely not my specialty, um, but which I, I want to learn more about because it's not my specialty either. But when people are reaching out to me, I want to always sure that I'm educated on, on the topic. And I'll ask one of my friends, she works for Rush um, in the speech department at Rush. She would be a great resource too for just like that adult part of the, the, the spectrum. She also does a ton of feeding with kids, but um, that's another thing that would be interesting to look at because I don't have a ton of feeding experience. I want to talk to her about my, um, the adaptive spoon I made. You made a spoon? I did because I didn't like any of the ones. They just weren't working for, for Ava. Did you get that little, um, they're they're like front loaded with the weight. So I just, I redid it. I found, I was tinkering around in my garage, like found some a weight that felt good and and some silicone and I just made one for her and she loves it so um uh-oh are you frozen am I am I back oh no did yeah I... it's my internet again it's oh, no. The... <laughs> nope. can you hear me now yes I can this okay. is just a test in our ability to remember what we were saying and jump right back in it's just my internet um no the spoon so what am I thinking easy grip I think that's what they're called Has, does Ava have one of those easy hold grippers y- yeah like right they like go around like yeah dependent, oh, yes not like, only on. not only that but I reached out to to that founder we did a podcast oh cool and I've partnered with her for giveaways. She is a hoot. Those are cool. Those are so great. It's genius. It's It's such a simple concept, but it's really smart. She started making those prototypes in her kitchen. Pretty cool. I'm not creative, so. She's a total badass. And you reminded me too, do you know Tim Caruso from Tekken, the kids equipment network? No, 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 no. But I've, I've seen you doing stuff with that. Yeah, I did a podcast interview with him. And I, when you said you went to Washington University, he's, he said the same thing, but he said, worse you. <laughs> and now I'll never unhear it. Every time I hear that. I went the, to worse you, yeah. Worse you. I just, um, in case you guys know each other, he also. No, but okay. is he, what did he major in? Or is he, he's not a therapist at all? He was a, a therapist, but um, he's I think he still does. No, maybe not now because it's been hard for you guys with restrictions on going into homes and touching and all of that. I think for people, no especially. I will tell you, Ava does better as much of a hard time as she gives me on the computer. At first it was like a disaster for us. Like it was like me just trying to get her to stay on the computer. And now that she has somebody with her, she does better on the computer with me. She'll listen better to me than she will in person. In person, she's like, oh, I don't want to do that. She'll just lay on the ground, you know, do her, you know, her little sassy move. So we're getting a lot done on that computer, man. She's, she tries to fight me on it. And then she just kind of gives up. She's like, okay, 
That's always good. the time I'm making dinner, which is right next to where you guys are. Oh, yeah. And sometimes the two of you, you make me laugh so hard. It's, and it's, that's, what's making it successful. It's the same thing I told Kelly. And I always say to Diane, the way we've been able to maintain this level of like rigorous therapy, she has a lot of therapy in a week. And it's because you guys have fun. You send me these printouts. Before- Let me tell you my printouts. I'm the least like artistic person. So I'm like, here's a template that somebody drew of a unicorn and we're going to make it. Cause what we do a lot of, I do a lot of with Ava is trying to work on like, um, the executive functioning skills. Like, can you attend to this while there's background noise, right? Can you focus on this? Can you plan, look at, here's the finished product. How can we make this finished product? And she has to plan like which parts we glue on first to make it look like the final product. It's hard for her. It's tricky for her to like, first of all, to copy a pattern, right? To be like, this is what it's going to look like at the end. How do I make this? And then be flexible in her thinking like that didn't work. What am I going to do now? So that's kind of where all those printouts come from. I'm um, loving it, especially loving that even though it's hard for her, it's hard for everyone, but that you're working on it and that we came all the way back from where we were just trying to help her express her frustrations. And now we're working on executive function. I'm yeah. like, boom, <laughs> like, yes, I love it. I think that's, I think that's fantastic. I did do something before, um, before I let you go so that you can, you can have a, a, a break <laughs> so you can have a break um on our little wins forum i posted a, a question seeing if uh anyone wanted to ask you something and there was one question in particular you've you've answered all the other ones that um i would love your help with so this person said i have a nonverbal. hold on now we're freezing again of oh, course no. we're freezing no Hold on, it'll come back. It'll come back. Maybe. It's you're good for me. I can hear you. Oh, okay. Outstanding. Well, that's okay. that's all we really need. I I look, I'm in a Sunday vibe today. Um I have a nonverbal five-year-old great-granddaughter. She has de George. Is that correct? Syndrome? Did I pronounce that correctly? Mm-hmm syndrome yes and has had three surgeries man we're having a rough time I can hear you but okay um one to align her rectum one to put in a feeding tube directly in her stomach and one to repair her heart I just want to know if these children will ever talk later on that's a great question I think I don't have here so just in general, um, I mean, I, I know they want to have a specific answer. Hold on. Let me fix something here. Which is what I wanted to start by saying. I mean, ev- again, every person is different. We could go back to the story about the eight-year-old who started talking. It's impossible. Or to put the, the five on five years old to, to do your R's and your THs. We, it's, it's impossible to do that. But if you have a form of an answer for this, this individual, so, to George, they often will speak, they'll, you know, speak later again. I don't, you know, and they often have a lot of what's called, um, re- what's called reduced intelligibility. So they'll, it is going to be harder to understand them. They often have like, 
uh, what's called hypernasal, where they're going to have like air coming out of their nose a little bit. So it's going to make it harder. Like when I was talking like this, it's going to make it harder to understand them. Um, they probably would benefit from, um, from some kind of communication device to help them, especially when in those situations where, so I, I don't know, this kid's five is what she said. I believe she said five. Yes, five years old. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, I was gonna, hold on, let me fix my internet here for a second. Okay, so I think that we don't know, I mean, we don't know. I can't predict the future. I wouldn't be surprised if she if she was able to speak in the future. In the meantime, I think it's extremely important to have some kind of communication system for her. Um, yep. If if they're able to reach out, if they're able to, you know, if she is getting speech language therapy, I think that's great. If they need support in figuring out how to do that, that's something they can reach out to us and we can help them figure out. Um, I think that you know, sometimes these kids have, have a little bit of cognitive, or I think now it's called intellectual disability. I don't know what the correct terminology is um, right now, but that doesn't mean, right? Like just because you have a little bit of an intellectual disability doesn't mean you're not going to be able to understand. And that's something I think that's important too, is I have a feeling this child understands a lot of what you're telling her. And that's kind of where you and I had said, you know, we have to find a way for her to communicate. Yeah. And Kind of, we have to accept the place that she's at, right? No, you know, and I, I would love to say that 100% she's going to start talking, but without knowing her, you know, we don't know that. Even if I did know her, we wouldn't know that. But getting her to the point where then she has the ability to tell you things. And I think it's also important to mention that um, kids aren't only telling you things they want. Think about like Ava and Stella and Jonas and Billy, right? They're telling you like they're making up stories yes. and they're, telling you comments about things. Like they're telling you like, no, Stella got that one. I want the blue plate. Like, that's not fair, right? Like, it's not just, you know, it's it's making comments about things. It's telling you like telling on each other. It's, yeah. it's refusing to do something. It's, there's so many things that we use are answering questions, asking questions, right? And I think that's where like that social piece comes in. And you can do that. Like, just know that like, she can do that. This little girl can do that. If, if she has access to communication device, she can do that using her communication device as well. And now that we're in this world where people luckily slowly, but are starting to, you know, kids are starting to be, to learn at a younger age, what inclusion means. And like, I need to be a little bit more patient with this little girl who uses a communication device, but she can still talk to me, you know? And it's awesome because then it truly is inclusion in classrooms is so important because it's just a, a mini version of the entire world, mm -hmm. right? Like the globe, we need to be able to understand that everybody walks, talks, everything differently. Mm -hmm. And it's starting to sh just, just showing them that everyone is different from that. And that sometimes you do need to wait a little bit longer, but what is awesome about kids that I'm, I don't always see with adults is that they, they're psyched when they got through, you know, when they were able to communicate or if they were, they understand what to love, they love it. it. They love it. And that is, yeah, hugely, hugely important. There's something you just, said. I also think it's important. I also think it's important for you to teach your kids that like, you know, I don't know that 
you can still play with these kids, right? Like just because they are a little bit different than you, like my nephew, I don't, he is very attracted to people that have autism. He thinks they're funny. He thinks they're great. He loves to play with them. And I love that about him because I'm like, that's amazing. Like he just has this like internal knowledge that like, and he's always learned from when he was, you know, he's only, he's Ava's age also, you know, he's always been taught like, it doesn't matter, right? Like they talk differently than you do. Who cares? You can oh, still tag with them. How fun is that? Yeah. Like, you know, that? like just because Ava's in a walker and like, I'm sure I would assume you've experienced, I would hope some kids that like play with Ava and learn that like they need to run a little bit slower so that Ava can have time to, to run in front of them and that they just adapt to it. And they're like, okay, like whatever. I mean, mm-hmm. I worked with a teacher who had no arms and she was a kindergarten teacher. It was the coolest things. And she just sat the kids down at the beginning of the year. And she said, this is the way I am. And the kids were like, okay. And she wrote with her feet and she, I mean, everything with her feet and the kids thought nothing of it. It was just, oh, okay, cool. That's amazing. She wrote with her feet. Yeah. I just got chills all over my body. It's so important. It's, it is truly what the entire world is. If, you know, if you have your eyes open and and you're, we have to understand what, even when on a small level, when Stella, Jonas and Billy would say, mommy, why can't Ava walk? Or why can't she do this? Or why isn't she doing that? And, and even when Ava would, but we, you know, we've talked about that. I could say, this is how I walk, which is differently from how you walk. And that's how that person walks and and whatever. Like everybody's different. How boring would it be guys, if we were all exactly the same and then they're like, Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But and I also, I also think it's important for them to learn like it's okay to ask questions. Like I think yeah. a lot of parents don't I'm sure you love it if like a kid comes up. Like a lot of parents are like I would rather, you know, when your kid says, "Why is that kid in in like a wheelchair?" and you hear it and then mom's like, "Shh, you shouldn't say anything." I'm sure you'd rather have them come up and like talk to Ava and say, "Why are you in a wheelchair?" or like talk to you. Like Yep. You know, instead of I don't love as much when they come up and they're just staring, they're like no. in a bubble of space and they're just staring. That's when I usually say, it's okay to say hi. Yes. And that's like a kid thing and they learn it, it but like, I, it's, it's an awkward and it's an important conversation because I am such an open person and I know not everyone is, but I am fiercely protective of my children, but I understand other children too. So it's a delicate dance there where I want to invite a conversation, but if they continue, if you, if you're rude (laughs) one time or, Mm -hmm. or whatever, I'll I'll just be like, it's rude to stare. Goodbye. (laughs) Like, I think like, where's your also like, why didn't, yeah, right. Like why, you know, I think it's, very typical for them to walk up and be like, to look when they have never seen, you know, not like I would be surprised, but I get that they're going to walk up and look, but then that's where it's like the parent's job. I think to be like, let's go talk to her. Let's go find, you know, like, I bet she's exactly like you are like, just because her legs are working differently and she sits in a chair to walk. Like, I bet you she's so much, there's so many things, you know, that are. Similar. It looks like she likes purple. Isn't purple right. your favorite color? It's so simple. It's like when, when we're at the park and some kid brought their favorite toy 
And everybody's like, you know, all my kids are like, what is that toy? That it's, it sort of comes from the same place where what should we do here? Can we go over and talk to them or, you know, could maybe, would they share with me? And it's our job as parents to, to be able to say, yeah, let's go on, let's go on over. Let's say, hi, let's see what it is. Let's talk to them. And it's so also important. It is. And I think it's also really important to teach Ava and other kids how to express themselves, like, and how, help her figure out how she wants to express it because she's going to get people looking at her or people asking her questions. And she needs to feel comfortable with how she's responding. And it might take a while to figure out what the appropriate way for her to feel comfortable is, but she'll figure it out. You know, I mean, I had a little boy who was in second grade and he had a syndrome where he really didn't have facial muscles. So his face was kind of just droopy and like he would talk like this and you couldn't, and people would be like, or, and he also had webbed fingers and like a lot of surgeries on his hand. And he would go, somebody would say, why do you have that? And he'd go, or they'd say, why does your face look like that? And he'd go, why does your face look like that? <laughs> like, Precisely. <laughs> and he was amazing. I was like, if anybody could have this, like it's him. He was just comfortable with himself. And he's like, what are you talking about? Like, this is just my face. Why does your face look like that? You know? And it's like, it's everybody reacts different way. And you're, you are going to get people who are rude. You are. Yes. And, and I don't fault the kids. I, I will give them extra chances. I think children really just want to hang out with each other, but there's, they haven't been shown or told or any of, they just don't know what, and so for them, it's like any new thing for a child. That's why I reference a toy at the park. There's like any, where they're yep. like, <gasps> this is different, whatever it is. And, and it's our job to, to say, this is how she walks. These are her braces. I don't care. Tell them when I've put, um, new Ava in new classes, I've always written a letter to the parents explaining how mm-hmm. if they would That's like cool. to, if they need help, like, what Ava's situation is, how to talk to your kids and, and whatever. Um, and I'm open, please ask me questions, but it's for inclusion because it's so like the fact that we're still having these conversations gets frustrating to me sometimes, (laughs) but one baby step at a time. Um, I am so grateful for, I feel like we should have another follow-up on this because I really want to dive a little bit deeper into um, if, if a child needs um, like sign language or eye gaze or body. Yeah, that's cool. A cool idea. Yeah. How to go through that process. Yeah. And do, and do that and your experience with that and kind of spitball some ideas, because it's one thing if your child is like mine, where she just needed a little help getting her conversation going and with a little intelligibility, if you remember from the beginning, but now she's rocking on that. I'm like, Oh, no trouble uh, being understood. (laughs) She's got a lot of words. Yeah. Um, sharp ones sometimes too, but Jesus. Jesus, perfectly pronounced. Alrighty. Um, but for the people who, you know, their child or their loved one cannot speak. Um, let's talk about that if, 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 and when you can. Absolutely. The last thing I wanted to say is like, don't be afraid to change your therapist. I think that's, you know, people are nervous. They don't want to hurt people's feelings. And I totally understand that. 
but hold on, we froze again. I, you're not froze. Maybe next time I just need to come. Okay. Yeah, will, will you? I, please. Yeah, I'll come to your house next time. Then we can just be in the same room and stare at the screen together and okay. have a funny looking conversation. Um, she, you know, I think it's, I've had people, you know, I, in quotation marks, fire me. I've had a, a handful. Um, and most of the time it had to do with scheduling issues, but absolutely. I know it's weird and strange and whatever, but it's what your kid needs, right? Like you find somebody who doesn't have that much experience. You don't know what you're getting. You go in and you're like, okay, I'm going to this clinic. You could have somebody right out of grad school, which, you know, some kids that's fine. Like some kids who are working on articulation, that's great. But some of like more complex kids, like you might not want that for your child. And I think it's important to do research and try them out. And that's okay. If you don't, if it doesn't work, if the personalities you'll get, sometimes you'll get these people who are 65, who are just set in their ways. Um, you know, not everyone is, but they're, you know, 20 year olds might be set in their ways too, but yeah. you can find what you need and that's okay. You know? And it's yet another part of communication, that conversation, you yeah. know, it's just sort of only as awkward as you make it. Yeah. So I've found that multiple times where I've said along the way, I don't think this is working or I disagree with you because I've seen her do this and I know she can do this. Or even when Jonas was in physical therapy for his feet or whatever, it's just a conversation and you're working together as a team. And like you said, if, if it's not working, if you have that, that initial conversation, like I, I think we need to focus on this or expressing your concerns and it still isn't working. Absolutely. Therapists are there. You guys are very special people to dedicate your days, all of your time, the vast majority of your life to improving the quality of life for everyone else. You're a really special breed of people. And, and I honestly think that that's important to keep in mind. You're there for a common goal. So um, absolutely feel free. I think. Yeah. And it doesn't mean the therapist is bad, right? I mean, there's somebody oh. work well with that therapist. It just might not be you or your specific kid, you know, yep. and that's fine. So and that's fine. rock and roll. You got to find the person who does. Right. Right. So, so cool. you rule. You're so oh, oh, you rule. No, thank you so much for every single time I shoot you a random text, like, Hey, I had a question about this and you respond and, and everything you do for my daughter, for all my kids and, and everything. I'm so grateful. Thank you for sharing your vast knowledge and your no worries. We'll meet again. We shall meet again. Exactly. On Thursday at four o'clock. On Thursday at 4 p.m. Perfect. Thanks, Sarah. Have an awesome day. You too. Bye. Bye.